0: We're told in today's Gospel, it came to pass, as he was praying in private, that his disciples also were with him. And he asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? We're told that it came to pass he was praying in private. All throughout the Gospel, our Lord gives great importance to prayer. And so one of the first things we have to learn in our spiritual life is about prayer. And we're always learning. (coughs) There's a phrase in the gospel that says, no longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. And so one writer says that that's among the most important lines in the whole of scripture. We're called to be friends of Jesus intimate friends of Jesus. (coughs) And for friends to get to know each other, well, they have to communicate, they have to spend time with each other. If somebody was to say, well, you know, I have a great friend, my best friend, they live in Alaska, hmm? and we talk once a year hmm? on telephone, well, you'd know that that's not really a great friend. Friends have to see each other, they have to communicate, they have to share what's in their heart, <coughs> they have to talk. And so for our relationship with Jesus to grow, that talking is very important. And hence the importance that's given to our two half-hours of prayer. We don't delay them, we don't put them off, we try to get them done in all sorts of places if necessary. But basic thing of our life, root of our life, are two half-hours of prayer. And we have to try and make those two half-hours really into prayer, so that it's not three minutes of prayer and then twenty-five minutes of something else or distraction or thinking about other things. St. Teresa of Avila always brought a book with her to the prayer. And that's one of the reasons why our Father has written the books that he wrote to help us in our prayer. (coughs) Nearly everything that our Father wrote, all his homilies, all his books, all about helping us to be souls of prayer. That's the goal. And the course of our life, we have to try and get to know those books really well. Use them frequently, get to know those points, talk to our Lord about them. We might start our prayer telling our Lord about the things we did yesterday or the things we're going to do today little bits and pieces of conversation. But often, after two or three minutes, that can run a bit dry, and we need something else to keep our prayer going. And so we read a point or two, and then we talk to our Lord about that point or two, and read another point or two, and then we talk to our Lord about those things. Our prayer is not spiritual reading. We're not reading all the time. In the norm of spiritual reading, when we read, well, the emphasis is on on reading. We keep reading. (coughs) If we stop to pray and talk to our Lord about every line or every word that we read, well, we'll never get through the things we have to read. So the idea is that we spend time reading and maybe later we bring those things to our prayer if the Holy Spirit has spoken to us.
1: But in our periods of prayer,
0: the emphasis is not so much on reading, it's on talking, conversing with our Lord. So we read a line of scripture or a word like we've just done, or a word or two of the way or some other book, and that stimulates our conversation. Then we go back to read something else. There was a little girl once who went to Mass with her mum. Her mum used to stay behind to do a few minutes of Thanksgiving after Mass. The little girl stayed there a bit longer. (coughs) Finally the mother came out and the little girl stayed on a little longer. And when the little girl finally came out, the mother was curious to know what she had been praying about. And so she asked her daughter, well, what were you talking to Jesus about? And she said, well, I was just telling Jesus that today I'm going swimming. And if he wants, he can come and stay inside me and be a bit like a submarine inside me as I swim around in the water. And the mother was impressed by the simple childlike prayer of her daughter, who knew how to tell Jesus the simple, ordinary things that she was going to do that day. Our prayer is to be full of those simple, ordinary things. (coughs) When we talk to our friends, will we tell them about the ordinary things of every day, what's going through our heart, what's going through our mind, what we did yesterday. We don't come out with big, long words that we looked up in the dictionary and that people don't understand. We talk about simple, ordinary things. We say the same things very often. And so it's very healthy that our prayer is full of those ordinary things that we do every day. We come to share them with our best friend, We seek out his company. We lower the drawbridge of our heart. Because our prayer is a heart-to-heart conversation. The heart is very important in our faith. Come back to me with all your heart. Rend your heart and not your garments. I will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. St. John Damascene says that prayer is a raising up of the mind and of the heart to God. And so in prayer, prayer, our mind and our heart need to be at work. It's an intellectual exercise. Therefore, often the best times to do our prayer are early in the day. And our mind is at its best very often. Our mind has to be at work, but if... If we're just using our mind all the time, well, it may be just planning or thinking. might not be praying. The heart makes it into prayer. Affection. Jesus, I love you. Increase my faith. Increase my hope. Increase my love. Raising up of the mind and of the heart. And if our prayer is all heart, well, then it's just pure sentimentalism. We don't go to the prayer to feel good. Feelings in the spiritual life can be very erroneous. And in other areas of life, feelings can also be erroneous. Some people can feel as healthy as a horse, and they might have a big cancer inside them. Some people might feel terrible, but they might be very, very well. So feelings can be very erroneous, and feelings in the spiritual life can also be very erroneous. When Christ was on the cross, he didn't say, you can't beat this feeling. Hmm? Live on the right side of life. Hmm? Christ on the cross must have felt awful. But yet he said, greater love than this no man has. than that he lay down his life for his friends. And so sometimes in our prayer, God may grant us consolations. We might feel good, we might feel on the seventh heaven. But if we never feel in the seventh heaven, that doesn't mean our prayer is not going well. Our father said someday you might go to your prayer and you might feel exhausted. You might feel dry. (coughs) Nothing might come in your prayer. There might be no human consolations. It might be 30 minutes of battle. But he said that might be the best prayer that you ever did. Because that prayer is all done for God. The day we go to our prayer, we have all sorts of human compensations. We feel good, we get nice ideas. and We feel uh, very enthused about our spiritual life or our vocation or whatever. Well, wonderful, God may grant us those graces. But if those things aren't there, it doesn't mean that we're not going well. And so, perseverance in prayer, fortitude, hanging in there. When you pray, our Lord said, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Our Lord here emphasizes the heart to heart relationship of prayer, it's very personal very intimate. There is nothing that will bring our spiritual life forward faster than our mental prayer. And probably from the time we were small we learned all about vocal prayer. Our fathers, Hail Mary's, Glory Be, which obviously have their place. But it might not have been till we came in contact with the work that we heard about mental prayer, praying with our mind. Nothing will bring our spiritual life forward faster than periods of mental prayer. That's why it's so important. We talk to God with our mind that we foster that spirit of mental prayer. And because it's a mental exercise, well hence the best times of the day are good times to pray. Don't leave it to the last thing at night when we're sleepy or not awake or whatever. We pray to our Father in secret. It's very personal and very intimate. When we do vocal prayers, we'll be maybe praying with other people in the Mass or the Rosary. There's always a possibility it can be anonymous. But mental prayer, nobody else can do our mental prayer. And that's why we have to be very faithful to it. Give it great importance every day. Priority. In the morning, long before daybreak, he got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. It's like the example for all souls of prayer in the world. In the morning, long before daybreak, the primacy of prayer. (coughs) Prayer comes before everything else. And so one of our main concerns every day has to be to did I take care of my prayer? Did I get my prayer done? To leave off our prayer or to forget about it or to miss it should be something unthinkable. It's something we should talk about when we go to the chat. It's the first thing we talk about. We, well, if we have other problems to talk about, we talk about them first, but then always, how is my prayer this week? The first thing we talk about. Did I use a book? Do I, did I talk to our Lord? Did I get any inspirations? Do I have a lot of ups and downs in my prayer? But there's always something to say about our prayer. Or what we've been praying about. I was focusing on this topic, or I was asking about these souls, of these friends of mine, or talking to our Lord about the apostolate. And then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed. Before everything important in his life, our Lord spends time in prayer. And so the whole purpose of our formation is to make us into a prayerful soul. We come to value prayer. We come to see that prayer is the fulcrum that moves the world. Things happen because of prayer. This school came about because of prayer. Conference center came about because of prayer. Spirit of hope day spread all over the world because of prayer. And God wants us to be a soul of prayer, to make things happen in and through our prayer. We have faith in prayer, hope in prayer, trust in prayer.
1: And if you have faith, said our Lord,
0: everything you ask for in prayer, you will receive. We might think, well, you know, I've asked for a lot of things in prayer, but sometimes I didn't get exactly what I wanted. Well, often our Lord doesn't give us exactly what we want, but very often it gives us much greater things. Our vocation, insights, ideas, inspirations, affections. opens our minds and heart to new things, deeper things. Leads us along deeper spiritual pathways, sometimes without us realising them. There was a priest in a rest home for priests in Rome, and some priests of the work used to go and visit there. And they met this elderly priest who was 85 years of age. He was a retired professor of canon law at the University of Perugia. And they gave him a prayer card and told him to pray the prayer card to St. Jose Maria and he would receive whatever it was he asked for. And then they went away and they came back about a month later and this man saw them and he beckoned them to come over and he produced the prayer card and said, I've been praying this prayer card but I didn't get what I asked for in a tone that I want to register a complaint. And they asked him, well, what did you ask for? And he said, well, I asked that I would be reinstated as the Professor of Canon Law at the University of Perugia. Hmm? And they felt like telling him, well, look, you might have asked for something a bit more reasonable at 85 years of age. You know? But they didn't want to hurt his feelings, so they didn't really know what to say to him. But when they got home, they told the story to Blessed Alvaro. And, Father, what what should we tell that priest? And he said, well, go back and tell him that maybe St. Josemaria hasn't given him exactly what he asked for, but tell him he's given him something much greater. The gift of perseverance and prayer. Because really, if you're asking for something like that at 85 years of age, that's a sign of real faith and hope and perseverance in prayer. <coughs> and so sometimes our Lord gives us much greater things. If you, evil as you are, said our Lord, know how to give good things to your children, how much more, May your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? How much more? It's a beautiful phrase. Our heavenly Father is all the time giving us good things, opening our eyes to new realities, letting us see new, new beauties, beauty, truth, and love, revealed to us in all sorts of ways, through our spirit, through points of doctrine, through things we come to see, through the optical angle in the world that our Lord gives us. It fills us with faith and hope and joy and so many other things and enthusiasm. Wonderful ideals that God has placed in our life. Gracious ideals that any person could have. All the fruit of prayer. But the news kept spreading and large crowds would gather to hear him and to have their illnesses cured. But he would go off to some deserted place and pray. There were great miracles happening. Incredible things were happening around him. People were being cured. He was feeding 5,000 people. Yet our Lord didn't focus on all those things didn't say, okay, bring on another of the 5,000, no? let's feed everybody no? or let's cure everybody or no? in order withdrew to some quiet place, deserted place to pray as so though emphasizing to us the danger of activism we're not just here to run around doing things all over the place and to keep on the move our role is to pray because that's the basis of everything. That makes everything else happen. Now it happened that he was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. It's about the only time that the apostles asked for the right thing. They also asked for faith on another occasion. Teach us to pray. They didn't say, teach us to work miracles, teach us how to feed 5,000 people, teach us how to cure all these illnesses, to be a, a walking hospital, a walking medical facility. No. Teach us to pray. And so our Lord wants us to say those same words, teach me how to pray. we we'll spend the whole of our life learning how to pray. One Christmas Eve in Rome Don Row came down to have a get together with some people who were there and he was always cheerful, but on this occasion he was a little more serious. And he said to the people there, You know that Saint Jose Maria is working many favours for many people all over the world. And sometimes his gracious favours are for people who know nothing about others day. And to me, he gives me nothing. But he said, I've come to realize it's because I don't know how to pray. There were many young people in that get-together sort of swallowed hard. Don Alvaro saying something like that in front of people 50 years younger than him. And they knew very clearly, well, if there were anyone in the church today who knows how to pray, well, it's Blessed Alvaro. Yet he had the humility to say something like that. He don't know how to pray. Well, if he had the humility to say something like that at the end of his life, how much more are we in need of saying the same thing to our Lord at Tabernacle? Lord, I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. And our Lord said, unless you become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so the pathway of spiritual childhood is the way to go. Learn to pray like little children. Or very open, very sincere, very innocent. Very sweet. Know how to begin again. Make a lot of mistakes. And so each time that we come to pray where well, we can try and renew that spirit of Child likeness. A lady came to a get together in Singapore once so, with Don Javier, and there was a picture on the, there was a, a, a newsletter on the seat. And while waiting for the get together to start, she started to flick through the, the, the newsletter, and she found a picture of our father there, St. Jose Maria. Beautiful smile, such a warm smile. And she told me, you know, I, I don't like your founder. I don't like your founder. No? I looked up the way and I found penance, mortification, uh, uh, these other things. That, this isn't me. This is my spirit. Not, not my cup of tea. No? But then when I opened this newsletter and I saw the warm smile of St. Jose Josemaría, oh my goodness. Somebody with such a warm smile like that, they must have a very warm heart. Maybe I was wrong about the way. I went back and had another look at the way and I found life of childhood, spiritual childhood, cheerfulness, oh, treasures, spiritual treasures. Very different from my first impressions. Now we also have to discover those wonderful treasures that are there. And we've been given real spiritual treasures. We're very wealthy from a spiritual perspective. Saint John Paul II said to Blessed Alvaro one Opus day is very rich. He said, well, we're very rich in prayer. And Pope John Paul said, that's what I meant. <laughs> we have wonderful things, we have to use them, milk them for all they're worth. God gives us great talents, five talents, to be a soul of prayer. To work at it, talk about it, go forward little by little. And while we come to do our prayer normally in the presence of our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, well, we know we can pray anywhere (coughs) because we're ordinary lay people. And so sometimes we do our prayer, maybe in the garden or walking along the road or something. We know that often our best prayer is done in the oratory, but sometimes we find we have to do it on the move for various reasons. One time somebody asked St. Rosa Maria to point out to them the most beautiful chapel in Villa Temerle, you know, there are many little oratories there. Which is the most beautiful oratory in Villa Tiberi? And St. Jose Maria said the street, <laughs> Point you to the street outside. More or less emphasizing this our role of prayer is not to be sort of stuck inside in little oratories. We're not in a monastery or in a convent. We're people of the street. We can pray anywhere. In the middle of a busy street and traffic lights, crossroads. But we also need to come and spend time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, which is often where we do our our best prayer. It's there that we learn how to belong to Jesus Christ. Somebody, a journalist once asked Mother Teresa, your vocation, Mother Teresa, is is to serve the poor. Isn't that right? She said, no, that's not my vocation. My vocation is to belong to Jesus Christ. Because of that, I serve the poor. Very interesting distinction. Our vocation is to belong to Jesus Christ. Because of that, we live the lives that we live. We work in the catering, we work in the school, we do this type of work, we do this type of apostolate. Because we belong to Jesus Christ, and because he wants us to live this way and live this spirit and do things this way and that way, but first and foremost, we belong to Jesus Christ. And therefore, the primacy of our prayer. And when we try and do our two half hours of prayer well, that leads us to live a better presence of God during the day. When we're mopping a floor or laying a table or pressing the button of a washing machine or answering a door or just chatting with our friends or in they get-together, we learn to find God in those ordinary Converse with him, to do the norms of always, acts of thanksgiving, acts of faith, acts of hope, acts of contrition. These coming days are like the week of the angels, coming to the feasts of the angels. Very appropriate that we invoke the angels a little more. We talk to St. Michael and St. Gabriel and St. Raphael. We pray a little more to our guardian angel. We begin to see the angels around the tabernacle a bit clearer and more frequently. Are the angels of the people around us that we're working with are in the get together. <coughs> we live in the presence of the angels. And our guardian angel hopefully takes us by the hand and leads us forward in prayer. He's always beside us. Every day we pray to our guardian angel help us to take care of these spiritual treasures, keep us away from bad things. Defend us against the wickedness and snares of the devil. She God has lit a little, little candle in our heart, which is our vocation. The whole world and the devil will be trying to blow out that candle. Our guardian angel and St. Michael are there to protect that candle, help us to take care of the important things, go back and begin again, to steer us clear of problem things that might endanger us in any way. And so little by little, by taking care of those two half hours, we try and convert our whole work into prayer. The secret of open day is not work, it's prayer. The Catechism of the Catholic Church has a a chapter which is called the Battle for Prayer. It's a battle. Our Lord wants us to fight that battle. And so we can turn to Our Lady, the Queen of the Angels, Tell her lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice, my immaculate mother. Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord. And my guardian angel intercede from me.